Camp, Camp Radio. Radio. Camp Radio. Camp Welcome Radio. to Camp Radio, Camp Radio, a podcast production of TN Baptist Camps, the official camps and conference centers of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. Camp Radio, discussing trends and issues that will encourage ministries and churches in their efforts to impact people for Christ. To learn more about TN Baptist Camps, visit us at tnbaptistcamps.org. Now, today's Camp Radio. Thank you for joining us on Camp Radio. My name is Kevin Peerage, and I'll be your host. It's critical that parents train their children in the teachings of the Lord. And without that, it uh, can negatively impact our society as a whole. Today we have with us Ryan McMichael. Uh, he is the youth pastor at First Baptist Columbia. Ryan, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, Ryan, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, so my wife Jessica and I uh, have been in... Columbia, First Baptist Columbia, uh, south of Nashville in the, the mid-state area for about a year and a half. And prior to that, we lived in uh, the East Tennessee area. She's from there. Uh, we moved there when I was, gosh, from my freshman year of high school. And so I'm a student pastor out there. We are um, loving that community in that area. Um, we love youth ministry. We have got uh, a young daughter. Uh, her name is Charlotte. She's about four years old. Um, and man, she keeps us on our toes she always makes life interesting and so we are we're loving that stage of life we are also in the middle of an adoption process uh, right now and so our um, our son is due here in a little less than a month and so uh, that's keeping us busy as well getting the nursery and, and the house and everything else ready uh, there and then I'm wrapping up a, a master of divinity from southern seminary uh, as well and so um, no shortage of things to do but we're thankful for all of it it's all a blessing uh, when we've got a spare minute, we love to spend time as a family. We love to, to be outdoors and kind of hike and explore if we can. And, uh, and and we love trying to catch up on sleep when we can as well. Well, I understand. And and you will get more sleep as the kids get a little older. I'm kind of curious, though. I, I know I, there's a lot of people who have uh, chosen to adopt. What led you to decide to adopt? So I'm actually adopted oh. myself. And yeah. so uh, and actually I'm blessed to have a relationship uh, with my birth mom mm. and, and man, especially when I was uh, a baby, that was just not, not common at all. Mm. And so just being able to see God's provision through that, uh, being blessed to have a relationship with her, but also how it's a huge part of my own personal testimony. Um, and, and a part of her testimony as well. She actually married a man and, and who is, who is a youth pastor, great <laughs> godly man. And, uh, the Lord really used the process of my adoption to kind of turn her life around as well. Um, just have a, a passion for um, sharing the gospel through that. Um, there's just such a, a clear picture in adoption of how God has adopted us as sons. And so um, getting the opportunity to share that with my own journey and own mm -hmm. story. I have two younger siblings who were adopted internationally from China mm -hmm. uh, as well. And so, man, adoption runs in our family and uh, there's a, a, a legacy of it. We have multiple generations who've been adopted in our family. So to get to share that with other people and, and get to tell people about the love of Jesus through that um, is just, we're just passionate about that. It's just a ministry he's given us. So Well, that is really neat. Now, how did you come to know Christ? So I was um, a senior in high school uh, at First Baptist Concord. And uh, like I said, we had moved there my, my ninth grade year. And I fell in with this group of guys that were were just different than me. They just had something that 
I didn't have, couldn't explain what it was, couldn't, couldn't articulate it. Uh, but I knew that I wanted it. They had this confidence. They had this, um, this love for each other and just this kindness. And I didn't know what that was or kind of where that came from. We'd grown up, um, in church, but a relationship with Jesus just wasn't something that was real to me mm-hmm. kind of prior to that time. And so, uh, just, just by result of being friends with these guys, spending time around them, just saw the light of Jesus, which is what I, I came to realize it was, saw the light of Jesus in their lives and realized, man, I, I want this. And mm-hmm. so, um, for years did all of the, the Christian camps and retreats all throughout high school, but had never had that moment where I actually trusted Jesus Christ with everything in my life. Asked him to have control and uh, and said, Lord, you know better than me. Your ways are better than mine. Um, and given that over to him. And so I did that as a, as a senior. So the preaching uh, of the uh, parable of the wheat and tare from Matthew. And God used that parable to reveal to me that though I'd gone through all the motions, I'd worn the, the Christian t-shirts and been involved with the mm-hmm. youth group, you know, for years, there'd never been that moment where I truly trusted mm-hmm. Christ with everything. I, I'd agree with the Bible. I'd affirm uh, a lot of the things that it said, uh, but it was never real to me until that moment. And so, uh, yeah, as a senior in high school, gave my, my life to him, was called to ministry just a couple years later, mm-hmm. and uh, the rest is history. So, And you've been into the youth ministry for uh, over 10 years? Yeah, yeah. I've been in youth ministry kind of off and on for 10 years. And so was called to ministry going into my junior year of college. And um, so started as a youth and recreation intern at First Baptist Concord. And, um, and over the last decade, have just had lots of different roles in youth and family ministry. So became a ministry resident. And uh, then my first time, uh, first full-time youth ministry pastorate. And now we're at First Baptist Columbia, and we've been there for about a year and a half. So, yeah. Well, share with us a little bit about your passion for ministry. Yeah, I, I really believe that it's, it's simple, and I think there's a lot to it in Scripture where we're called to be the shining city on a hill. We're called to be a, a light in a mm-hmm. dark world as Christians. And so I don't think that can happen without us raising up and discipling the next generation. Mm-hmm. And so so what that looks like on a student ministry level for me, where the passion is, is equipping parents and giving them the resources they need to be the primary disciplers mm-hmm. in their students' lives. As much as we love students and want to pour into them, the truth is, as youth pastors, we have a couple hours a week with them, right. maybe, right? Yeah. Um, parents are with them all the time. And so I, I'm really passionate about helping equip parents to, to be the primary disciplers of their children as scriptures called them to on the other side of that, helping students to really understand from scripture, what it means to be a disciple and then to live sold out um, to do that. And I think that's when we're going to see culture change. That's when we're going to see the nations praising God mm-hmm. is when we're discipling the next generation to do that. Parents have no idea. I think in our culture today, do they, that, uh, the responsibility that God has given them to disciple their children, do they? Well, I think the church for several decades, and especially when I was in student ministry, and this isn't necessarily all bad, but it was so much about a kind of event-driven ministry. And even, hey, you, you drop your kids off at church mm-hmm. and we disciple them for you, right? right. And, and I think that's a little backward where scripture is, is clear. I mean, all throughout the Old Testament, but throughout all of it, that, that, that job is primarily reserved for parents, sure. that, that their job is education. And that's 
why they've been entrusted with their children, really. And so our job as churches and as student pastors is to to help reinforce, right, and come alongside parents in discipling. But but that's an incredible responsibility and an incredible privilege as well. And so um, I, I think our job as the church and, and as student ministers is to help parents realize that. And then it, it's a big job and it takes a village. And so to come alongside them and help where we can too. Sure. And, and it, it, uh, it is difficult to be a parent. We know the uh, uh, kids can challenge you. And, uh, and sometimes you get very tired and weary of telling them repeatedly the same thing over and over and over. And you just kind of like, I, I just want to give up. So, and I understand. We all understand that as parents. But we have that, uh, that responsibility. You know, I, I think that we were talking, too, <clears throat> about uh, uh, a generation that, uh, you know, I grew up with my parents uh, had expectations of me. They told me what was right and wrong. I got disciplined. And, uh, uh, of course, my, my parents were believers. But there is a, a, a generation that that was just kind of the understand that was the society. That's, that's what was expected, that, uh, that there was a certain amount of discipline. And even if they didn't, uh, uh, if they didn't know Christ, uh, there was this level of morality that they expected their children to live by. But that's not the case anymore. No, I, yeah, I don't think so. And and again, our standard for what is godly parenting comes from Scripture. But like you said, there were kind of these these inherent biblical values in culture and in society where uh, my my parents, even before they were believers, expected me uh, to follow through on my commitments. They they held me accountable, and mm-hmm. uh, they made expectations clear, like you said. And then there was going to be clear discipline mm-hmm. um, if that wasn't followed through on. And that is precisely what Scripture tells us to do. And I think. And that's as much about our own um, discipleship and faithfulness as parents, because that's a that's a sanctifying thing for us as well, right? To have to to stand firm and um, and and have to hold our kids to account, but we understand we're doing that because God holds us accountable mm-hmm. for that. God has entrusted us with their discipleship, um, and so anything I can do as a student pastor to help parents realize that. Um, and anything we can do is the church to help parents realize that we, we want to do that because parenting, like you said, is a tremendous responsibility, but it's also a tremendous privilege mm-hmm. and, and high calling. And, and let's not miss that. I see in 2020, maybe more than ever, there's so many distractions and so many other things that compete for families and for mm-hmm. for kids' time that if we're not careful, we let these little things chip away at and kind of move us away from the big picture of God has, has called us to raise them as committed disciples more than anything else. First off, if they're great athletes and they're great employees at work and, and all of these other areas, that's great. And there's value in those things too. But the most important thing is that they would have a, a heart for God as much as we're, we're able to teach them and as much as we're able to, to share the gospel with them. Well, and, and uh, hopefully they can make it, we all can make the connection that because a lack of parenting, a lack of discipline, uh, then it changes the culture, it changes society, and we are living in that today. Uh, there is a certain element of evilness here in our society, rejection of, of Christ, and it's because of the lack of teaching over generation, over generation. And, of course, we see that all through Scripture in, in uh, 
uh, with with Israel. But but uh, and I think I mentioned in in Proverbs twenty nine talks about how you know by the lack of discipline uh, the evilness continues to grow. Uh, and it will uh, saturate the uh, society. Uh, so, and I think it's critical. I think it's, it is, you know, as a youth pastor, you know, I don't know if it's something that you really think about. You think I'm the youth pastor for these youth, but it's kind of moved to the point that it's important that our youth pastors begin to help train our parents to teach, to train their kids. You know, you're right. You only have them for a short time a week. They have them every day, right? Well, it's it, it's critically important, and it's you know why I think I have a passion for for what I do. And you know, unfortunately, there can be this um, kind of stereotype or stigma that youth ministry is lesser ministry or kind of less of a, a calling. And man, I could not believe more passionately that that we should be sending our absolute best and brightest to do youth ministry and children's ministry and disciple the next generation. Because like you said, we see the consequences and we see the tremendous impact of, uh, of faithful and not faithful discipleship when that next generation grows up. But the other side of that is while I am our youth pastor and that's kind of my primary role, I'm one of the pastors of our church. And Mm so I'm entrusted with and expected not only by, by God, most importantly, but our church leadership as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a role in discipling our our church, and so yeah. that includes um, our parents and and our whole church and our adults, and helping them um, to understand the responsibility that we have as parents and as a church um, to faithfully lead the next generation and, and to lead them to know Christ, to grow in Him, and then to to go out uh, and share the gospel. Sure. So I know that uh, you know in our time now things have changed so much. It has gone the opposite of where we thought things were going. So, what do you see? What do you see? What, what next year will be like, or two years? What do you see youth ministry trending in the next year or so? I know I, I'm asking you a a, a, a very big question because nobody seems to know. But what do you think is going to happen? Right. Only yeah. Only softball questions uh, here. <laughs> so I, I appreciate that. You know, I, I think it's really interesting because COVID has been such a such an interesting thing. It's been such an interesting season of ministry. You have probably less kids overall. You have a, a pool of fewer kids mm-hmm. that are, are participating because mm-hmm. you just have different conviction levels about staying at home. Of course, you have family members that are at risk and, and all of that. But I'm telling you, the, the kids that are coming to our student ministry gatherings on a weekly basis are more engaged and more hungry than they have ever been for real, genuine connection and for the gospel because they're getting less of it, mm-hmm. I think, yeah. than ever before. And so I think there's this returning to ministry being less about big events mm-hmm. and, and being less about food and kind of growing a crowd and numbers. And again, I, you know, as a student pastor, we want as many kids there as possible and all of that. But there's a we're really seeing kids coming for the right reasons and for what mm-hmm. ministry and, and student ministry are supposed to be about. And that's the gospel and that's a love mm-hmm. for Jesus and that's community and accountability with other students. And so we're seeing this return to authentic relationships, right. to going deeper in the, the word together and community. And then we're seeing students really invite their friends as well uh, and be really intentional about evangelism mm-hmm. and, and sharing the gospel and sharing opportunities. Uh, we're also seeing students really buy into to serving, uh, mm-hmm. which I find interesting as well. And so um, even as this has been man, an uncertain season and we're not 
through the woods yet. I, I think there's been a lot of genuine, authentic biblical ministry mm-hmm. that has come out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's what ministry is. That's what the gospel is. You know, it's right. not, it's not necessarily late night events and kind of all of this other fanfare. If that gets kids in mm-hmm. great, but it, it's about relationships mm-hmm. and, and it's about heart change. And, and we're able to really share with kids intentionally that that's what it's about now more than, more than ever before, because they're coming and they're showing up for that. Yeah. Do you think, I, I know this is a hard question. Do you think that that youth today that have gone through the last uh, few months through this COVID thing have maybe had a better understanding of that others are hurting? Yeah, I think so. Because I think they can can be, this generation maybe more than ever before, can kind of be in their own world, right? And, and we were kind of seeing, we were seeing texting and the internet and all that kind of get big when I was a high schooler, you know, 12, 13 years ago. But now students have everything at their fingertips. I mean, they have Instagram, they have social media, they've got, you know, the, the whole internet. And so, man, if they're not careful, they can get kind of sucked into that mm-hmm. and, and really kind of isolated mm-hmm. in their phones. But I, I think with everything that has gone on and then with them kind of having to reboot and, you know, spending more time at home and with their families, with the pace kind of slowing down, I think we've seen a lot of our kids kind of lift their heads mm-hmm. And realize like, hey, there's a, you know, there's a world around me basically, yeah. right? Like there's, there are things going on and, and yeah, I think that that has caused them to have more empathy for these other generations. They're seeing members in their own family, some of them in their own homes mm-hmm. that are at risk or that are having, I mean, significant real health issues and complications related to COVID. But, but I also think the knock on Gen Z on this current generation of teenagers is that they crave authenticity less and they Mm -hmm. crave, you know, relationships less and, and they're more about social media Mm -hmm. and internet and, and kind of isolated with that stuff. And I think we're realizing and they're realizing that's not going to satisfy them and that that's not enough. They are, they're craving real genuine connection mm-hmm. now that a lot of their sources for that you know sports and school and those things have kind of been slowed down right. um, and they're realizing that social media and, and texting and video chatting that those things just don't satisfy it and right. it's because god has made us to be mm-hmm. connected and, right. and authentic and so they're craving i think authenticity more than ever before <laughs> because they're getting less of it than, yeah. than maybe any generation before and God is using that, I think, in, yeah. in this season to to kind of wake them up to some things. So, yeah. which has been really good. Uh, it's been challenging, but as a youth pastor, there's so much opportunity um, for them to then to learn and be receptive to what they're hearing. Well, tell me what's been what you've experienced has been successful in your ministry right now. Yeah, I, I think an emphasis on relationships and uh, an emphasis on accountability as well. Again, because students are receiving less of that. Um, I'll also tell you that we did our own summer camp a, a couple of weeks ago um, and we took more students, even even as our church attendance right now is at about 40% of what it normally is. We took more students to summer camp this year than we have each of the last several years, yeah. you know, kind of, kind of operating fully. And, and it sounds really kind of simple, but I think a large part of that is we are, we're open, right? I mean, we're, our church is, is meeting and our student ministry is meeting and not everybody 
is right now. We've been blessed with the resources and and the safety and you know the health and all that just to keep being able to meet. And so kids know that, and friends of our kids know that. And so some of whom we've had come to our camp this summer and uh, to youth gatherings this summer have been kids whose churches aren't open or who aren't connected to a church at all. And man, they're just craving human interaction and they're just craving friendship and they're finding that with us. And so, man, we've not done anything fancy, but we have just been meeting and been consistent, made that known. We've Mm -hmm. taken reasonable precautions and safety as much as we can. Um, But we've tried to be consistent and faithful and and students are just buying into that right now. And it's been, um, we've been growing as a result, which is really kind of a, a neat thing. Well, tell me, you know, ministry is just difficult. And uh, what do you feel like is the really the biggest challenge that you face as a minister? Well, we've kind of already talked around it a little bit, but I, I always come back to, and for me, it's always helping students to have um, this absolute kind of urgency mm-hmm. and, and passion for the gospel. And, and because, uh, like we've talked about, I think there's more maybe in 2020 than ever before that that just pulls at them and that kind of vies for their attention and and at least in our area of the state and kind of our region you know sports is just just king right now so there are very few kids that not only aren't doing sports but that don't do some kind of travel sport that now seems to be seems like 10 15 years ago those were for a season those were for two or three months and now Mm -hmm. they're kind of year round um and so more competition for those things than ever before. Uh, and so I don't think, you know, if the enemy wants to disrupt and, and distract the way he seems to do that in the majority of teenagers and students lives is not with these big kind of obvious <laughs> things, but it's these little kind of sneaky distractions of, ah, oh, you don't need to go to church tonight, right? You right. can go to this instead. Church is always going to be there. Um, and, and, and kind of slowly, but Surely moving students away from, moving families away from making worship a priority and making worship a habit, right? And choosing that kind of over other things. And so Mm -hmm. I I think helping students to see the big picture, the listen, other things are important, but as a child of God, worship is the most important. And, and, And yes, that doesn't always have to look like going to church. There may be circumstances that, that keep you from being able to go to a physical church building, but God has provided even in this season, if you're at risk or you're at home ways for us to still be the church, even online or, or from afar. Right. And so um, we, we cannot be who God has called us to be if we are not uh, a part of the church as, as families right. and as students. When you go away, I know that you've mentioned about going to camp and summer camp, and obviously that's an important element within your ministry. Does going away overnight, taking your youth over overnight, couple nights, does that really make an impact on your church? Mm. So I was reading through this question. I thought that that was really, really interesting because I think my answer tells you something about our, our church, which I think is a is a sign of health. I mean, I think it's just a credit to, to our church. Um and that's that I think their absence mm-hmm. is felt. I mean, when we when we leave campus, everybody in our church, senior adults, families that aren't even in the ministry, know that they are leaving. Uh, and they know that in part because we've tried to be intentional to communicate that, but mm-hmm. also because they are invested. Mm-hmm. Again, even if they don't have kids directly in the ministry, they're invested in our ministry because we're a ministry of the church and we're, we're a part of the church. 
but they are also praying for Mm -hmm. our students. Almost every event that we go on, whether it's Disciple Now or whether it's camp and um, during Disciple Now, something that we do is we ask church members, again, people that, that may not have any direct connection to our ministry, to all take an hour and we have someone who is intentionally praying for every single hour mm. of that weekend. And I'm talking about 2, 3, 4 a.m., you know, yeah. on Friday and, and Saturday mm. um, evenings as well. And so I, I get texts regularly, calls regularly. Hey, praying for you. Mm. It, oftentimes, there have been a couple of times where right after, a, you know, a student was saved or right after several students made decisions, hey, I've been praying for you awesome. today. Um, and, and so our youth group is a part of a critical part of our church. Our church is not whole and kind of the same when they're not there. But the opposite is true too. Our church plays a huge part in supporting and loving our youth group. You know, we're not a ministry silo back there. We're not our own kind of mini church. And so, um, so again, that has just made me thankful for our church. And listen, uh, any youth ministry is not going to be successful with just one youth pastor or a couple youth leaders or a couple families that are going to be invested for youth ministry to be as successful as, as God has led it to be. The whole church has to be invested and on board and, and ours is. And so I'm thankful for that. Well, Ryan, thank you for sharing uh, your passion for impacting today's culture and, and, and also just your passion to encourage parents that they play a major part in uh, uh, teaching their children to love the Lord. Uh, if you're listening to our podcast today, I want to thank you for doing that. Uh, also, if you're listening on iTunes or Google Play, please add a comment or follow us. That will uh, provide uh, opportunity for others to uh, join in on this great resource for them. We would love to hear from you. So if you would like to have any questions for Ryan or what we do at TM Baptist Camps, please send us an email at ccinfo at Until next time, I hope that you look for opportunities to start a conversation about Christ with someone you know. Thanks for listening to Camp Radio, a podcast production of TN Baptist Camps, the official camps and conference centers of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. This and other episodes can be downloaded from tnbaptistcamps.org. The ministries of Carson Springs and Linden Valley are supported through the cooperative program and gifts received through the Golden Offering for Tennessee Missions. For more information, visit tnbaptistcamps.org.